Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mama Scope podcast. I'm Miranda Hodge. I'm a local coach and I cannot wait for you guys to hear some of the stuff we're going to be talking about. So the Mama Scope podcast is going to be released monthly at this stage. It's all about giving mums information and inspiration on parenting, self-care and mindset strategies for mums on the go. Okay, so we're going to be, we're very authentic. We're talking about looking after ourselves and looking after our families. And basically what I'm going to be doing is interviewing different people, a range of professionals, mum businesses and other parents from the Geelong region and beyond who bring knowledge and value to what we need to do on the daily as parents. Okay, so I'm going to be interviewing psychologists. I'm going to be interviewing play experts. I'm going to be interviewing um, hopefully a baby osteo, all those sorts of people that are going to be able to share some really, really great tips, different coaches. I'm a coach. Um, That's the sort of thing that we're going to be sharing here on the Mama Scope podcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Cannot wait to hear what you think of this podcast, please let me know. Okay, you can contact me at smartmamasmartkids at gmail.com. All right, otherwise, I hope you guys are having an amazing day. The Mama Scope podcast, let me know what you think once a month and super excited. Catch you soon. Bye. Okay, hello and welcome back to the Mama Scope podcast. Okay, here at the Mama Scope, I'm Miranda. I am your host, S. Okay, here at the Mama Scope, we are giving mums information on parenting, self-care and mindset strategies. Okay, and we're for mums who want to be authentic and look after yourselves and look after your family. Okay, so we are based in the Geelong and Geelong area. Okay, talk to people in Melbourne. Sometimes I interview people and sometimes as a parenting and life coach and a teacher, I share some of my own stuff with you guys. All right, so welcome to the podcast. Get yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Sit yourself down. Keep walking if you are walking. Keep doing what you're doing, washing those dishes or doing whatever you're doing. Let's get chatting today. So today's podcast is all about how to change behavior for you and your children. All right, so this is really important and it's something that is a very, very close to my heart, okay? I am a parent, I am a teacher, teachers change behavior all of the time, okay? We love helping people change behavior and that is exactly what a coach does as well. So it's right in my wheelhouse. Okay, so something that all parents need and you guys will have come across it yourselves is the ability to help your child change their behavior, all right? So when they have, you know, when they need to be able to, um, tie their shoes. Anyone who watches any of my stuff at the Cherish Mum's Face will know that I talk about tying shoes a lot. It's just my go-to, my go-to example. Um, so changing behavior. One of the things you need to be able to do when your child can't tie their shoes is help them change their behavior so that they can. Right? When your child has a big emotional moment, you need to help them work out how to change their behavior so that they can calm down. I talk a lot about that too. Okay, we need to, even for yourself, you need to be able to change your own behavior so that you can get more, less cluttered in your house. Okay, so that you can um, make gluten-free meals. Hello, my last couple of years. Okay, so that you can do the things that you want to do. If you want to change up your life for the better, for what you really want, then actually changing your behavior is a huge, huge part of it. In fact, it's the only way you can go about doing it. All right, because you can't change without changing. So today I've got five 
sort of um, five steps, I suppose, to how you can change your or your child's behaviour and support them in that, obviously. We can't choose what other people are doing, but we can support them in it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, okay, changing behaviour for you and your kids and why it's so, so important. All right, so again, <clears throat> I'm going to have a sip of my cup of coffee before we really get into it. And you guys can have some of yours too. All right. So the first thing that we need to do when it comes to changing behavior, the first thing we need to do, and you guys might have heard this already from somewhere, okay, is to see that it's not working for you. It's not serving you. Okay. What does that mean? It means when you go, you know what? I am so over being a messy person or I am so sick of this happening all the time in my life. I am so sick of Da, 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 happening each time, you know, that we do things. <clears throat> that's when you go, ooh, that's me starting to get really sick of it and really starting to go, mm, I'd really like to make a change in this area. When you get to that point, that's when you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yes, okay, there is something not going on for me. There is something that's not happening that I want to happen, Yeah. So that is the first step. That's a very, very first step. When it comes to your child, it can look, well, and yourself, it can look like frustration. It can look like consistent anger or, yeah, frustrated anger around a certain thing. Okay, so when your child is really, really ready to try really, really hard at swimming because they just can't get it, that's the time when you go, ooh, the behaviour might be out of change. They might be ready to go, boom, I'm going to try my absolute hardest and I'm going to work and work and work like Bluey on the latest episode of Obstacle Course. If you watch Bluey, oh, my gosh, watch the one, the most recent one. Well, there might be a new one today. Yesterday's most recent one, <laughs> the Obstacle Course. Perfect. It's a really, really great example. Bluey doesn't want to lose to her dad, so she has to change her behaviour with her mum's help to actually get better at what she's doing. All right, so check that out because it's a really, really good episode. Okay. So you need to see, basically, number one, your child or you need to see that it's not working for you. It's not serving you or serving your child. All right, so that's the first step. Number two, number two is going, okay, we know it's not working, so let's, this is what I do as a coach with people, let's think about what is actually at the root cause of this behaviour. Okay, so why is my child getting so frustrated? Why is my child, you know, really, really struggling with this area? Why do they keep having meltdowns about, you know, at four o'clock every day? Why do they keep doing da, 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 da? Or why every day do I have a 2 p.m. slump? Why do I feel like every day at two o'clock I just want to go back to bed? Okay, I'll tell you about that. It's all about nutrition. But why do I have a 2 p.m. slump? Well, let's think about the root cause, okay? Maybe it's nutrition. Maybe it's going, you know what, I need to get better sleep. I need to go to sleep a bit earlier at night. Okay, we're all acquainted with how to do that as adults, all right, but sometimes we can miss what's going on for ourselves anyway and other times we can miss what's going on for our child because we're just living our life, trying to get, you know, the next thing done, going, you know what, I haven't hung the washing out yet today and, yes, that is a true fact in my house. What is going on behind the behaviour is extremely, extremely important. Now, some of you guys, if you're part of my free Facebook group, then 
then you will have heard a little bit of this story. But and if you're not part of it, then search Confident Authentic Mamas and you will find me there. Okay. Anyway, I've talked about this a little bit. Okay. So my son had a big meltdown at the beach a while ago, like huge meltdown. Okay. And I literally had to like gather the stuff, gather the other kids and leave. Like, and him, obviously, and leave because he just melted right down. He's three and he had a massive meltdown. So what was going on? Like for me, for starters, it was a bit frustrating, as you can imagine. But then I had to go, you know what, hang on a sec. I'm going to put my coach hat, my teacher hat back on, my parenting hat, yes, back on, look through the frustration and go, you know what, something's actually going wrong here for him. What's going on? What has actually caused this? Okay, so we have over the next couple of weeks and, you know, chatted about it and talked to him about it. He is three after all, only three. But we worked out that he's scared of, he was scared of wind and the sound of it. He doesn't like the sound in, the, in his ears. Okay, so for me, that's what one of the things that was at the root of his behavior. And something else that I only discovered, like in the last two days, I took him back there a few days ago, is that um, he got um, he got tipped over in the waves before he had all these scary moments, he'd been at the beach and he got flipped over in the waves and got a face full of sand and water and, you know, got dumped basically and all those things that's not very fun for anyone, but especially for a three-year-old who doesn't know how to swim yet, who didn't like a face full of sand and is quite sensory. Okay, so for me, I'm like, oh, when he said that the other day too, I was like, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) That's starting to make even more sense as to why you're scared of the waves because you don't want to be dumped again and you've watched Octonauts and they talk about tsunami waves and that sort of thing and you love it but at the same time you're terrified of tsunamis, (laughs) which we don't really have in Australia, so that's okay. Anyway, so there you go. They're the things that were at the root cause of his behaviour. Now, you might go, oh, that's really obvious. Sometimes it's not obvious. All right, sometimes it really isn't obvious what's at the root cause of your child's behavior and you need to dig and maybe even wait a little bit longer and go, ooh, there's something really going on for my child there. What is that? What's going on? Yeah. So, for instance, trying to tie their shoelaces and when they're a little bit older, like my kids have started tying theirs at four or five, okay, when they're going, I can't tie my shoelaces, they're, you know, have really having a moment you can go, oh, yes, they're frustrated about not tying their shoelaces, but sometimes they can see other kids do it and they're feeling inferior and they're feeling not confident and they're feeling like they don't fit in and they're feeling all these other feelings as well and you just think, stop being so frustrated, you know, it's just you do it like this. You know, we can think a little bit more out of the box and go there's other reasons why my child might be feeling this way So let's make sure that we think about the root cause of things. It doesn't have to just be a singular thing. It can actually be more than that. It can be a few different things as well for the root cause. All right, so realising what's at the root root of the behaviour is actually what we want to be addressing, okay? The last little thing I was just going to say, actually, no, I can go on to the next section because I'm going to talk about it in the next section too, referencing Band-Aids. I'll be talking about that in just a second. All right, so number one was see that it's not working for you about the behaviour. The second one was realise what's at the root of that behaviour because that's what we want to be addressing. Okay, so number three, stop, have a drink, have a drink of your cup of coffee. Number three, <clears throat> so think about 
what options you have to deal with or change that behavior. So changing behavior, again, is something that takes a bit of thinking, okay? And a lot of people thinking about think about changing behavior on a bit of a line, like a straight sort of line and go, okay, in order to change behavior, you do this, 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 and this. Yes, that's the case, but learning doesn't happen on a line. Learning happens where people are ready to learn. Okay, so if you are watching this, you can see me pointing all around in the air, but because I'm mostly on a podcast, you won't be able to see that. Um, anyway, learning happens on a line, uh, not on a line. It, go, it happens when it's ready to. So whatever you're ready to learn, you can learn, yeah? So if I want to learn more about self-care today, I can go there. If I want to learn about how to do the gardening, I can go there. If I'm ready to go, you know, I want to learn about um, how to keep my house clean. I keep going back to that, you know, that same one. If I want to learn how to play the piano, I can start learning some of those things. Learning isn't just, boom, I'm going to change a behavior. It's I can move to different learning. I can learn different things around the same topic as well. It doesn't have to be all different topics. It can be, you know what, I'm going to learn to play the piano. That involves keys. That involves sheets of music. That involves, you know, listening with my ears to hear what I'm doing. That involves black notes and white notes. That involves so many different things, rhythm, tempo, pitch, all this different stuff is involved in playing the piano. It's not just uh, you have to learn how to play the keys, then you have to learn how to look at the music, then you have to learn how to do, you know, about the black and white keys, then you have to learn. Yet there is some sort of order to it, but you don't have to learn it bit by bit. You can learn lots of things about it at once. And when we want to change people's behaviour or deal with the behaviour, what we can do is actually sit down and brainstorm it. We can go, you know what, I'm going to brainstorm this. What can we actually do? And I challenge you, if you're brainstorming something, have a little sit down, have a little brainstorm about it, then put it down, go do something else for 10, 15 minutes and then come back. Because usually I come back and I'm like, oh, I've got like five more things to add to my paper now. Okay, lots more different creative ideas can come out as a result of that. Okay, and again, this is what I do with parents as well okay, and kids. So think about what options you have to deal with or change the behavior. Going back to my child, going back to the beach, what could I do? I thought, okay, it's, and I hadn't thought about the fact the waves were scaring him yet, but the sound. So we dealt with the sound. I made sure that he had earmuffs. We went and bought him some earmuffs. Okay, just ones from Bunnings, pretty simple. Okay, they were like $15, I think. Um, yep, so I went and bought him some earmuffs and that helped so much because at the end of the day, I'm like, you might be able to hear a little bit, but if you wear your earmuffs, then you look like a tradie or whatever, then you will be able to hear less of the waves and that will make it less overwhelming. Okay. So for him, that really, really helped because it took away one of those sensory things or, or, um, diminished it, sort of turned the volume down on it. Okay. Took away some of that sensory input. The second thing that I did was go, okay, we don't have to go onto the beach right now because you're scared of the waves. We can stand up again, uh, you know, at the top sort of on the boardwalk. If anyone's been to Ocean Grove, we're standing sort of on the boardwalk, it's Esplanade sort of space. And my other kids, my two girls, are well big enough to go and play on the sand just below my feet there. So I stood above the ocean, above the beach with my son he was able to be calm and come back sort of to centre up there, be a bit more peaceful, okay, <clears throat> and I could be with him. And that meant that he could go, okay, I'm in a safe space. 
Mum's not forcing me to do anything because that's the way to empower struggle people. Okay. And now I can start to go, okay, I'm safe. I'm here. You know, the beach it has gone up a notch in my estimation, basically, <laughs> for him. Okay. So it just thinking about what options you have is very, very helpful. So if you've got a behavior that you want to change with your child, then we're only up to number three, okay, out of these five things, but think about what options you have. So sit down with a piece of paper, as I say, go away after a while and come back, write down all the things you could do, okay? Think about we could do this in a different setting. We could do this in a different way. We could sit in a different um, physical way, like we could actually sit on the floor to do our shoes instead of at a seat, or we can sit in the seat instead of on the floor, or we could lay down to do it, or we could go outside to do it. Think about where you're going to do those things to help your child through that particular struggle or to help yourself through that particular struggle. Okay, so think about all the different options. We could have shoes that don't have shoelaces. We could have shoes that, you know, have colourful shoelaces. We could pretend they're dinosaurs, or not dinosaurs, probably not that great, but uh, snakes going in and out of their shoelace thing. We could pretend they're going to tie them up (laughs) if they like that. You could pretend that your finger's stuck in the shoelace and make them laugh. There are so many different options that you can come up with to help you Okay, and help your child, maybe distract them a little bit, but help them move through and feel calm and know that it's going to be okay because mum or dad are with me, helping me. So there you go. There's number three. Think about what options you have to deal with or change that behavior. Okay, and number four, run straight on from there, right? Make a plan. Again, this is pretty much all of this is what I do with parents, basically. Make a plan and then stick to the plan. Now, the sticking to it is quite tricky (laughs) at times, but making a plan and then sticking to the plan are literally how you go, okay, I'm going to inject this behavior into my daily life. Every time we do this, we have to do this. Every time we do this, we have to do this. Okay, many of you might know that I've got a free Calm Space class that anyone can sign up for and find out how to create a Calm Space. All right, so I talk about calming and I talk about um, kids, like emotional stuff with kids a lot of the time and <clears throat> and stuff for parents as well a little bit. Um, so making a plan to go, you know what, when you're angry, you can go and sit on this beanbag and play with a squishy toy. And then when they're angry next time, you can go and sit on that beanbag and play with a squishy toy or you can take your squishy toy to a couch. Two different options, creates no power or less power struggles because they've got an option but it gives them something to do when they're angry. When this happens, then I can try these things. This is pretty much what I mean by a plan. Okay, so if you take some of those things, those options you came up with and go, you know what, we're going to choose two and we're going to go, all right, when this happens, when problem A arises, we are going to try this. You might just stick with one thing for a while, especially if you've got really small kids. All right, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, maybe you could try it a couple more times and if it still doesn't work, swap it out for something else. But you've got all those things there brainstormed, ready to roll, and you can go, I'm going to try the next option now. Okay, this week we're going to try the next option and then we'll see how that works. All right, so make a plan and then try to stick to the plan. If it's something for your child, ask the child to help you. Hey, we really need to remember when we feel like this, we can do this. When we don't know what to do with this, we can ask mum. 
It's the same at school, you know, with kids at school, anything. When this doesn't work for you, what can you do? You can ask a friend. You can ask mum or dad. You can take three deep breaths. You can go and play with your squishy thing on the beanbag. You can, there's so many options. Give your child two and the first one might be come to you and then you can guide them to the beanbag and help them work out what to do. That's fine because they're going to need your input if they're changing behaviour because kids can struggle to do it by themselves, which is why we are parents, right? Even adults can struggle to do it themselves, which is why I am a coach, right? So make a plan and stick to the plan. Okay, and the last bit, number five, we've gone through to number five and I will go over them again in just a second. Number five is revisit the plan, okay, or go back over it, all right? Reassess go and go, you know what, what worked? What didn't work? What do we have to go back to? What can we pull out again and go, "Mm, on my options, this one looks like actually a better fit. Now we sort of lived through that a little bit more. This looks like a better fit. That works. Yeah. So there you go. We go, you go back and revisit the plan. Again, this is what you do if you have a follow-up coach, when you have a follow-up coaching session, we go back and we revisit it and we go, okay, cool. What worked? What didn't work? What do you want to keep changing? What was definitely not happening ever again? And what's going on? How can we actually manage this? Do we need to re-brainstorm? Are there fresh things coming up that we maybe need to address? Is there other stuff going on? Right? So there's lots and lots of things that we can come up with. But the fifth one is to revisit, reassess the plan and go, okay, what's working? What's not working? This is just good practice for any sort of person for any sort of business for any sort of house for any sort of menu planning okay you have to revisit it and go "Mm, that worked that didn't work and it doesn't have to be a long process I just said it it doesn't have to be a really long process or it can be if it's a bit more involved maybe it's worth sitting down with someone and having a chat about it and going hmm this really didn't work and I need some help to sort of work this into a bit more of a workable plan okay so there you go Changing behavior for you and your kids is very, very important. It's something we do all the time without knowing it, okay? But you need to be conscious of it, to be aware, okay, to see that it's not working for you. That was number one. You need to be conscious of what's going on and what's going wrong to be able to change it because if you can just, if you just get frustrated that there's something going wrong but you don't step any further, then you cannot change it. It is so hard to change things if we can't, if you don't know that they're there and you're not actively going, hmm, this is something I don't want to happen anymore, okay? That's the sort of stuff that we need to be doing. Okay, so number one was see that things are not working for you. This is how to change behaviour, the five steps. See that it's not working for you. It is not serving you. It's not helping you or your child and it's something we really, really need to work on and it's often characterised by getting grumpy, emotional, frustrated, you know, just generally grr because you can't change it. And that same goes for your child, okay? Number two, realise what's at the root of that behaviour. Now, this one, you cannot skip this one if you want to actually make change. You cannot skip it, okay? You have to realise what's at the root of their behaviour. Why do I want to change it? What or why do they need to change it? What is going on and what's creating this big thing? What's creating this big reaction or creating this annoyance or inability to do something? Okay, so thinking about, again, my son going, you know what, it's not just one thing. It wasn't just the noise of the waves that annoyed him. It was the noise of the waves, the fact that they were coming, the fact that he'd watched a show that talked about big waves and also the fact that, what was the last one? Oh, that he'd been dumped in a wave. 
Okay. So that's, and there's probably more, I don't know. But anyway, they're the sorts of things. The sensory overwhelming noise was the main one. But the other day he was talking about being dumped by a wave. So what's at the root of their behavior? Because you can't address the root of the behavior just with a Band-Aid. You have to address the root of the behavior with an actual helpful thing that addresses it. So a strategy that really helps with that root cause. Okay, so it might be more time with your child. It might be, um, you know, just taking them to the beach one-on-one. It might be doing any of those sorts of things, okay, to start working on the root cause. Um, and that, that leads beautifully into number three. Number three was think about what options you have to deal with or change that behaviour. Okay, so dealing with the behaviour, have a think about it. Have a think about it and don't try not to just think in a line. Think in a really broad way and go, you know what, what would happen if we did it upside down? What would happen if we did it with music on? What would happen if we went, you know what, why don't we try earmuffs at the beach? Looking ridiculous, but who cares? Okay, would it really matter if we did that to help my child? Or would it really matter if I did that to help myself? If I had to wear earmuffs at the beach so that I could take my children to the beach, for instance, or if I had to do blah, 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 to help them get through a hard situation. Okay, that's number three. Number four, make a plan, stick to the plan. Make a plan and stick to it. Very, very hard to do. The reason coaches exist because that's the hardest bit. Making a plan and sticking to the plan are the hardest, hardest bits. Okay, so I challenge you to do that, okay, using those <clears throat> those options that you came up with. And lastly but not leastly is revisit the plan. In order to keep that change moving, in order to keep that understanding shifting, you need to revisit the plan okay, and go back, reassess, all that sort of stuff. And then you start the whole process again. What's working? What's not working? What's at the root cause of it? Think about what other options you might have. You can go through the whole process again. All right, that is coaching in a nutshell. And there you go. So this has been my third podcast episode, Changing Behavior for You and Your Kids. This is definitely one of the most important things that you can do and that you're doing anyway, regardless. Okay, we are changing behavior definitely for our children and often for us a lot of the time. Okay, so there you go, changing behavior for you and your kids. If this is something that resonates with you, if you want to help help with changing your behavior and you're a mum, especially a mum of small children, okay, if you are someone who wants to know how to help your small child change their behavior, I work with parents of ages one to eight-year-olds, okay, and I work with the kids too. I've got emotional regulation sessions starting in January. Okay, there's lots of stuff going on. Okay, if you want to find out more about what I do, you, there's a link in um, on the podcast somewhere here, but you can go to my Facebook group, which is Confident Authentic Mamas, and then it's got emotional regulation after it. Um, the other thing that you can do is go to www.thecherishmamaspace.com and it will take you to my site. I have just changed from Smart Mama Smart Kids Parenting to the Cherish Mum Space. All right, so if you want to get coaching for yourself or want to get coaching for your child or jump into my emotional regulation sessions, then please um, contact me. I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. Don't forget to have a coffee or a cup of tea or a drink of water or whatever makes you happy today. Stand in the sun if it's a sunny day, which it is for a little while. Stand in the sun. Have a beautiful day and lots of love from me here at the Mama Scope podcast. I'm Miranda. See you later. Bye.